This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Great. I think I'll have to try and be brief this morning since I don't want anybody to melt. But, uh, yo, I hope you had a good rest. We had a great time with family. Um, Grandparents spoiled the kids rotten. So, yeah. We have to deal with that now, and no, I'm just kidding, but that was a great time. Um, we, had, we went to the Cape for a bit, to my um, Anna's parents' day, and uh, lots of stuff to see, you know, lots of cool things, and uh, David is so funny, our, our five-year-old boy, he's a, you know, when we talk about something, or we see something, or we see a paraglider, or we, you know, whatever it is, it'd be interesting, and he'll ask about it, and he will ask for an explanation of how it works. And his next, besides the one question that happens like, Dad, can we build it? In other words, can we make one out of Lego? That's the one thing I asked. The other thing is, can we make one at home? That's the other thing. And when can we do it? When can I do it? So he wants to go skydiving as a matter of urgency. Uh, in fact, in fact, I found him the other day. Um, now, he's, he had one of these little play, little play parabat, you know, things that you throw into the air, little toy soldier, and then it shoot opens and it comes down like a parachute thingy, you know. So he saw this thing and he, and he got hold of one of these black this plastic bags, you know, these big bin bags, and he was jumping off stuff with this holding this thing. So <laughs> I tried to explain to him the, the physics behind it a little bit, but I just tried to say to him, listen, you can jump off this thing, but don't go any higher. <laughs> So he was very frustrated by the, the, this lack of efficiency of his parachute. But in any case, it's great. Um, they uh, keep us going. That's uh, such a blessing. And yeah, I have to, have to study up on my science and my physics because the kind of questions they start to ask are, are getting more and more uh, challenging. In fact, Google, Google is your friend, right? In any case, we're going to go into that. But... Um, Let's just uh, pray for the word. Father, we, we thank you so much for your great, great grace upon us, Lord, this morning. We thank you that we have this privilege of drawing near to you, knowing that you draw near to us. It's a miracle that through the cross we are able to draw near, and you have already drawn near to us, Lord. We thank you. This morning we yield our hearts to you, Lord. We have an expectation, a hunger to know you. We have an expectation to be transformed in your presence. We have an expectation to to be more like Christ when we leave this place. So we yield our hearts to you, Lord, and our lives. And we say, let your name be glorified in our midst this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've had a, a slight technical challenge this morning, which means I, I can't access my, my notes so I'm going to have to read from the screen, if you could excuse me. I normally try not to do that, but uh, so please uh, stay with me. If you missed Philip's message from last week, I want to really encourage you to catch up with that and download the audio, uh, or even the, the stream, the video might still be on Facebook, you can check that out. If you know of anybody that's far or that's struggling to get to church at the moment, please um, encourage them that most Sundays we've got the live stream on Facebook and uh, 
and it stays on there for a while, so you can even go back and recap. So let's go to the first But before we do that, there's, um, so if you missed last week, please catch up with that. And um, I'm going to look at the same scripture briefly, since Donnie also mentioned it in the, in the offering. We're really going to work this one through properly. But uh, obviously God is saying something. Um, and then I want us to look at one or two specific aspects around that. So let's read from Philippians. The context here is that uh, Paul is, is, is con- concluding one of his letters um, to the Philippians, and he's saying, and he first, it's actually quite impressive because he gives his CV. You know, if we, can't, we can't read all of that. It's quite long, but uh, I'm going to read some of it. He um, gives his CV and explains that if anybody has got any reason to, to boast in some, some things in the flesh, he's got some reason. But let's, let's look we, uh, to the conclusion that he gets to. From verse 4, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, he was a, um, a, an exemplary um, st- student in a, in a Hebrew, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So he's explaining that as far as where he was coming from, you know, you couldn't go much further than that. Um, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So he's explaining that he had lots to boast in in terms of his heritage, his education, his, um, his knowledge of the law, his being a Pharisee, a very well-trained Pharisee, zealous for, for what he believed in, so, so much so that he was locking people up and he was persecuting Christians. Um, and then, he, see, he was righteous under the law. In other words, he was trying to achieve righteousness by adhering to the law. And under that standard, he was doing really well. But he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For, this, for His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and, the, and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Can we go back? To, yeah, thanks. Um, so he stands still a little bit there. He says, I've, I've, all these things that I've counted lost, and in fact, he says, I count them as rubbish. And the word there is actually, it's, it's quite gross, you know. He refers to something really filthy and disgusting. He says that's what he, that's what he regards all this heritage and his whole CV and his whole background. He, it's, 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 it's completely worthless to him so that he may gain Christ. And, the, and again, he, and he points out that he, not to have his own righteousness of his own, of, of trying to, uh, to adhere to the law, 
but the righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. And then he ends with the focus that we focused on last week, that, he, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now, um, we're going to work through this in different ways, I believe, in the couple of weeks, uh, next weeks or so. Um, this morning, I, sp- I wanted us to just focus on a few specific uh, elements this morning. And actually, before I go on, I want to interrupt myself. As I was praying earlier, I felt that this is maybe for something specific, that he goes on to say that uh, he, forgetting what lies behind, he presses on. I don't have it up there. But he says, forgetting what lies behind, I press on, I press forward to what Christ has prepared for me, for what he has, what he has laid hold on of me for. So he says he forgets what is behind, good and the bad. He forgets what is behind and he presses on. And I just had such a... Um, Unction that that is for somebody here this morning, that somebody here is holding on to stuff. Maybe it's disappointments or stuff that's happened, or maybe it's, I don't know, it could be a lot of things, or it could be unforgiveness, but I felt that, that, that you're being bound by something in the past that you're not letting go of. And I felt that God is really extending grace to you this morning to repent, forgive, whatever needs to happen to deal with that and to press for it. I mean, I trust that's for somebody specific this morning. And if that's you, please come forward afterwards. I'd love to just agree in prayer for that. Amen? Okay, so I want us to look at a um, um, couple of things around this about that central, making the, the knowing, making knowing Christ the central thing, making knowing Him the central thing. Um, I wanted to. I want us to refer to an example in the life of Christ. We it's very well known, um, but I wanted to read it in any case. So let's go on to the next one. We it's the account of uh, of Jesus with Mary and Martha, and uh, what just a, just quickly background here. So the, Jesus has sent out the seventy, and they came back with incredible reports of what God has done and how God, had, Holy Spirit, administered through them. And, and then the, just after that, this is, this, we take this up. So, so actually, there's a big group of people we're talking about here. All right, so let's look at verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them, welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinners she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. There's only one thing worth being just concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Let's just look at this uh, situation for a moment. I, I know we, we tend to think, oh, Martha, you know, she's, what, you know, that's kind of, we look down and we, con- you know, we're a little bit condescending when we talk about her in this situation. But if you consider it for a moment, the, the possibilities are that 20 to 100 people pitched at her house. 
Can you, you, that's the reality, right? Between Jesus and the 12 and a bunch of others. And if the 70 were still around, or at least some of them, we're talking about a big group of people. Now, I'm not a, I don't know about you, but if, if 50 people, no, this is, this, if 10 people <laughs> pitch at our house a little bit unexpectedly, there would be a little bit of chaos. Okay, we would be we would be running around. I would be, you know, we obviously we want to receive people, we want to bless them. This is not anybody. Jesus has come, so this is an important person. If somebody important in the community comes to your house with thirty other guys, you know, I think most of us will probably be in Martha mode. I don't know about you, but I'll be you know scuttling around trying to help my wife sort stuff out, and um, so. Let's just not be too condescending towards Martha, but the reality is she was the normal one in the story. You agree? What was not normal is Mary. How, how could she just sit there if all of this was going on? It's all her house as well, right? That's not normal. And, and I want us to look at why. Why was she able to remain there? I believe the key here is that she was completely captivated. She was in awe. She was completely enthralled and in wonder. She couldn't tear herself away. Can you see that? She was so into what Jesus was saying. She was so amazed by him that nothing could tear her away from that moment. She was drinking living water. She was eating the bread of life. Can you see that? She was completely engrossed in that moment and in Christ. And Mary and, and Martha doesn't see this and she's obviously stressed and anxious as most of us are in a situation like that. Uh, and you know the interesting thing is Jesus a few times in Scripture, he commends faithful service and faithful servants. You know, he, it's a, you know, he tells parables about it, and he's, it's, a, it's a theme through his ministry. But in this case, he, he recognizes that, that Martha has, has been serving and rushing, but maybe out of an element of fear and anxious anxiety. And he's, and, he's, and he's affirmed Mary in choosing what is really important. Choosing to be in awe of him, choosing to stay at his feet, choosing to drink of him and what he was saying. So I want us to look specifically at this, this, this dynamic um, of being in awe of him. I believe that being in awe of Christ, being in awe of God is at the center of us continually pursuing knowing Him more. If we, if we stop being in awe of Him, then why? Why would, why would we want to know Him more? Why would we pursue knowing Him more, drawing closer to Him? But the more we, we stay in wonder and in awe, captivated by who He is, that, that fuels it, that curiosity, fuels that desire to draw near to Him. I mean, most Many of you will probably remember being in love for the first time. There's an element of that, right? That being captivated, being 
kind of, wow, you know, kind of. <laughs> and then, you, and then the, there's these moments where you think, wow, it surely can't get better than this, and then it does, you know. And then it's just, you know, you do silly things because you're completely distracted. You're completely uh, focusing on one person or one thing for that matter. Um, and our relationship with Christ is the same. The more we stay in awe of Him, the more we focus on Him, the more we want to be with Him, the more we... we uh, that's, I read this thing, and it, it said, it's, it's very well, it says that, being captivated, being enthralled with something or someone, being completely in awe has an incredibly powerfully clarifying effect on our priorities. Right? And we see this in, in Mary's life. She, <laughs> that, that her being in awe and enthralled and captivated by Christ clearly clearly clarified, you know, her priority for that moment. She didn't have a care about all the other stuff that had to happen. Very important stuff, blessed stuff, like church stuff, you know, serving Jesus stuff, right? That sounds very blessed and deep and important. Busy with, you know, serving other people. Martha wasn't doing, she wasn't, you know, sinning or something. <laughs> but Mary has been, she, her priority was very clear. So I want to throw that out at us, myself included this morning, with what are we in awe of and, and that, what does it show about our priority? What is the stuff that, that captivates us or maybe not, maybe it overwhelms us? What is the stuff that we're overwhelmed by? Maybe that's a good word to use because that's going to pull, it's going to be a priority. It's going to clarify, and our, our priorities get clarified when we are completely overwhelmed by something or completely, you know, there, unfortunately there's a negative side of this as well when we're overwhelmed or anxious or completely um, overwhelmed is a good word by something. Then the priorities also kind of tend to shift towards it. But we see how this clarifies uh, Mary's priority. Now Martha I think we need to speak to about it a little bit because we find ourselves in that boat a lot, right? And unfortunately, she was overwhelmed by anxiety, stress, busyness. Those familiar words that we hear in the lives that we live, you know, busyness, anxiety. I was looking at the calendar for the for the next couple of weeks, and I'm like, sure, you know, <laughs> we haven't ba barely started <laughs> the year, and I uh, was just trying to find a gap for something somewhere, and uh, there were not many gaps. It's just again, you know, we we fill up our schedules, we we so we're running around after stuff. We had a conversation with the elders around this on Monday night about how we r so many are running. At absolute at an absolute crazy pace, running in their careers and whatever they are pursuing, they're running. Families are suffering, marriages are falling apart, children don't know their parents. Crazy stuff is happening. And then when you actually ask the person, "What are you running after?" they often they can't they can't say. They don't even, they don't even know. Some will say, "Yes, I want to." Okay, millionaire doesn't mean anything again <laughs> anymore these days. 
but they want to be a billionaire by the time they're 30 or something. I say, oh, fair enough, you know, run. But, some, but often people that can't even say, don't even know what they're running for, what they're running after. Um, so we see this anxiety that, that Martha is facing. And I want to encourage us at the beginning of a year, take stock of where you're at in terms of your priority, where you're at in terms of what overwhelms you, what captivates us, what, in, what in, enthralls us, what draws our attention, what draws our emotion and our, our energy and our faith. Let's choose what Mary chose, that Jesus is the only thing worth being concerned about. The only thing. And she has chosen that. And he says, and it will not be taken away from her. And a lot of other stuff will probably be taken away and will be lost, but that thing, that choosing to be at his feet, choosing to drink the living water, choosing to be in awe of Christ, will not be taken away. Amen? I, let's just have a look at the next scripture. Maybe it's, oh, yes. I, I read this quote. I read this uh, something that Jeremy Riddle wrote, um, and it really kind of tied into what I once wanted to say. Um, so let's look, look at this. So wonder is at the heart of worship. They're inseparably, inseparably wed. When our wonder of God diminishes, our worship diminishes with it. All right. So that being in awe of God, when that diminishes, then that is going to have an effect of how we worship Him and how we relate to Him. And then he says, wonder requires work. If you want to stay in wonder, you actually have to work at it, cultivate it, make space for it feed it on a daily basis. I think that's so crucial for us to realize this is not something that happens by it, on its own. This is uh, something to do with appetite, something to do with, and an appetite is something you cultivate. If you've had, if you've tried to teach young children to eat vegetables, you know what I have, to, what I'm trying to say. So, <laughs> to create an appetite for something, and if, if you know, if, if David, or if, it's funny enough, Emily likes meat, right? She she enjoys meat, not so much vegetables and stuff like that. But we, we basically have to force her to try vegetables because if she doesn't try and at least try some of them, she's never going to develop an appetite for it. The more she eats it, the more she will develop an appreciation and appetite for it. That's the hope. That's the you can pray with us, no? <laughs> but. Um, but that's how it works. If, if you, if you want to develop an appetite for something, you're going to have to do it. If you want to develop an appetite for running at four in the morning, yeah, well, I, can, I can relate to cycling at four in the morning. I can, I can understand having an appetite for that, but running, I'm not there yet. But uh, you have to actually do it for a while until it becomes fun, until you enjoy it so much that you say, yes, you know what, I'll get up at four or five or whatever to, to go for a run or a cycle. Or to spend time in Scripture, or to to pursue Him, we have to. An, we have to create that appetite. We, and our, He says to feed it, to make space for it, to feed it. So making space for it is a very relevant thing. You know, how how does it look like in our daily lives, in our daily schedule? 
we're having a chat about the importance of communication between husband and wife the other day. And uh, Philip mentioned something he'd heard, he'd heard that they say that if, you know, husband and wife often, if, especially if there's young children, they have, there is, a, there is a, a possibility of living past one another, even if you're in the same house. You know, it's, it's crazy. But even just 20 minutes, 20 minutes of good face-to-face conversation per day, it means absolute wonders in a marriage. And it sounds like a little, but if you have little kiddies running, I'm not talking about while you're chasing the child down the corridor, while you're bathing, I'm talking about... <laughs> so if you take all of that out of the way, 20 minutes, they say, is incredibly powerful just to spend 20 minutes at really productive, focused conversation. Um, so that sounds little, but... It does require effort. I want to, maybe that's encouragement for somebody this morning. Invest 20 minutes or half an hour into your marriage every day. And you will be amazed at the fruit. Amen? Okay, let me not distract myself. So where were we? Yes, so make time for it. Make space for it. How are we making space for staying in wonder, staying in awe of God? How do we feed it? Um, I believe one of the ways of feeding it is to look for the, the glory of God in our daily lives, to look for the, the, His goodness, to look for the stuff that we can see the hand of God, to look for things that we can praise God about and to share it with Him and to speak with God about it and to testify of it. It's, if it's in your heart, it's in your mouth, and, and you're meditating on it, and suddenly you're not down in the dumps about something that happened last week, but suddenly you're just in awe of Him. And His goodness. Amen? It's in our lives, guys. The goodness and mercy of God follows us. It's in our lives daily. And if we f- look and find and focus on that, we're gonna, it's going to be easier to stay in awe of who He is. Amen? Then, just sorry, one, one more important one. Familiarity is the great robber of wonder. Familiarity is the great robber of wonder. Becoming familiar. Maybe we are used to the goodness of God to such an extent that we don't see it, we don't notice it. Maybe we used to this blessing to a point that we, we're not in awe actually anymore. Maybe we can become familiar. We, we're going through the motions, but we're not in awe. For some of us, that's, that's going to become visible in your personal devotion, in your personal times of worship. Not only talking about reading the Scripture, I'm talking about worshiping in your personal capacity. Again, it's something that we cultivate, we grow in. But familiarity with God and familiarity with the things of God, even familiarity with church and the blessing of, of being in a body, it robs us of our wonder of who He is. So let's look out for that. Let's be aware of that. Okay. Stay curious. It's like David, you know, he always, he wants to do it. When he reads this thing or, re- and I t- or you see something amazing, uh, the other day, ugh, what we were watching, we wanted to see, I wanted to show him, I explained to him a little bit what the Dakar rally, 
I'll try to explain that to him. He was quite interested, so I showed him a video clip. And then, you know, these other little clips that come on the side. So then he saw something there. He said, can we, can we watch that one, you know? And then, obviously, he wants to know, can we build it? <laughs> and he goes, so, but he's always curious, staying curious, and then he wants to do it. And I'm, ch- I'm trusting God to channel that into the Scripture where you can see, wow, look at what these guys did in the power of Christ. Let's do it. Do it. Are we living like that? Looking at the Acts, looking at the New Testament, saying, wow, this is the norm. This is what Christian life looks like. Let's do it. When can we do it? When can we build a church like that? When can we, when can we start living like that? If it was David, that would be the first question. And I'm, I'm challenged by that. Let's stay curious, staying at the place of saying, wow, is this the promise of God? I want to grab hold of it with both hands, like Gomez says. I'm trusting God for that. I'm, I want to step out in faith. I want to stand in, in wonder of His goodness and faithfulness. Amen. Okay, let's, let's carry on and to close. Okay, let's go to the next one, please. Philippians 3. I just want to read it again. This is in the Amplified. I just want to read these two verses. But whatever former things were gains to me as I thought then, these things, once regarded as advancements and merit, I have come to consider as lost, absolutely worthless for the sake of Christ. And unfortunately, most of the stuff the world around us reveres, we can put in this category, absolutely worthless. For the sake of Christ and the purpose, for the sake of Christ and for the sake of the purpose which He has given my life. Have we, have we spent some time wrestling through what that is? But more than that, I count everything as lost compared, how does He, how does he describe it? To the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with Him. A joy unequaled. Unequaled. There's nothing like it. The prices. Guys, I'm such a hurry there at the back. Go away, thanks. The priceless privilege and supreme advantage. I love how the Amplified expounds on it. Priceless privilege, supreme advantage. And he says, growing more deeply, thoroughly acquainted with him. And he says, there is no greater joy. The world around us will tell you the exact opposite. Joy is to be found everywhere else. But there is no greater joy than in knowing him. There's no greater fulfillment. There's nothing that fulfills us more than being with him. Because that's what we were created for. Amen. Let's close with the next scripture. Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters and the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded And it stood fast. Let all stand in awe of him. Amen. Let's stand this morning. We're going to spend some time, pray. 
So one or two specific things that I felt for us that we need to pray through is that what are you and I in awe of or overwhelmed by? What is the thing that overwhelms us? Are we overwhelmed by the glory and majesty and goodness and faithfulness of God? Or are we overwhelmed by many other things? Anxieties and stress and everything else. And then I felt specifically that there's, there's some of us here this morning that feel numb spiritually. Maybe emotionally as well. I just sense there's a, there's a numbness that for some that it's because of many battles that you've been fighting. It feels like it's been battle after battle. And it's, it's, I just sense this grace this morning for you to draw near to, to Him. And to, to, for that, to, to just give grace to deal with that numb, numb feeling. And for Him to make you alive again. For you to not only be able to wrestle through those emotions properly, but also to experience His goodness again and His peace and His blessing Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you have made it a new and living way for us, Lord. Lord, if it wasn't for the cross, what, was it, what would life be, Lord? A chase, the running after the wind, Lord. Chasing after stuff that passes like Flowers fade, Lord. Something that's so the running after stuff that that is temporal and temporary. But Lord, thank you that by sending your son, and by Lord Jesus, by dying on the cross for us, you've made a new and living way for us to to have life in abundance, for us to have relationship with God, for us to be able to know. As every eye is closed this morning, if you're in this place and you, you're not yet sure of that first step, you're not yet sure that you actually have a relationship with God. Maybe you've been around church or maybe this is your first time, but, but you know right now that you don't hear His voice. You're not right with Him. And you're not sure that if you were to to die. You're not sure what would happen. This morning I've, I know that God wants you and I, every person in this place, to have an assurance of not only His love, not only His forgiveness, but an assurance of eternal life. So if, if, if that's you with every eye closed and if you have a conviction in your heart this morning that you want to make a change, if you have a conviction in your heart this morning that you want to turn from your old life and you want to embrace life in Christ, you want to follow Him as Lord and follow Him as Savior, you want to repent of your sin and you want to choose to follow, give control to your life to Him and follow Him as Lord, then if that's you this morning, I'd love to pray with you. As every eye is closed, wouldn't you just, if that's you this morning, would you raise your hand for a moment? And, I'd like to just spend some moments praying with you. Is there anybody like that?
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that based on the fact that Christ has died for us, Lord, we have this privilege, Lord, unsurpassed privilege of, of being able to access this unequaled joy of knowing you, of being in awe of you, Lord. God, this morning we repent. And if it's you and if you've spent a lot of time in Martha mode, just take a moment now and say, Lord, we rep- I repent, God, of running off the stuff. I repent, Lord, of letting anxiety and fear rule my life. I repent, Lord, of bowing to stress and bowing to the pressures of the world and losing my wonder of you, God. This morning, Lord, we choose, Lord, that we would be Mary's in the fact that we would choose the only thing worth being concerned about, choosing to draw near to you, Lord, choosing to drink of the living water, choosing to eat the bread of life, choosing to sit at your feet, choosing, Lord, to stay in awe and wonder of who you are. Turn our hearts again, Lord. Make our hard hearts soft again, Lord. Create again in us, Lord, that curiosity, that awe, and that what drives us wanting to know, wanting to spend time, wanting to create an appetite more and more and more for you, Lord, and your word. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray over every heart this morning that you'd stir in us, even as we walk from this place, that we would recognize your glory, your hand upon us, life all around us, on our own lives, that we would recognize your beauty, your glory, that we'd be in awe and wonder of you, Lord, and that would draw us close, that we would be drawn close to you, God, in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for a, a that you would, that we, yeah, well, thank you for fuel, Lord, and I pray for each person that's experiencing that numbness, Lord, and experiencing that being overwhelmed by everything around us. And I thank you this morning for clarity. Thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, for boldness to stop, to take stock, Lord. Boldness to repent of stuff, to, to deal with things of the past. Boldness to receive your great grace, Lord. Boldness to receive your great forgiveness and a grace to press forward, Lord, in awe of you and pursuing you, God. Let your name be glorified, Lord. Let your name be lifted up, Lord, as we pursue you, Lord. May it be visible in our worship. May it be visible in our families. May it be visible in our, in our workplace, Lord. That we are in constant awe and wonder of you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, Specifically, if you're experiencing that numbness or if you feel overwhelmed or if you just, if you just want to make a stand this morning and say, I choose, I choose with the only thing that's worth being concerned about, then why don't you just take a step to just to illustrate that and come to the front and we might not pray with everybody, but just to, we would love to try. But if you want to make a stand for that and if you have any other prayer need, we'd also like to pray with you. Um, even if, it, if you need healing, specifically if you need healing or if you need 
provision or something. God has already made a way. He's already prepared good things. So we'd love to pray for you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Um, if you're new, please hang around. Specifically, we'd like to meet you and hand in your cards at the back. Join us for some coffee. Uh, if you're visiting and you're not in a small group, um, if you're interested to visit one, please also ask the guys at the green area or at the info table. We'd like to connect you with some folks. Amen. Thanks for being here. God bless you. We don't have a service this evening, but we will see you next week. And have a wonderful week. Please come forward if you need prayer. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.